Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're broadcasting from Coralville, Iowa. For more information about Life Church, to watch a live stream, or to find a campus near you, go to lifechurchnow.org. Today, just so you know, um, I'm going to ask some questions. Some of them are going to be rhetorical, and other ones I'm going to want you to respond with. So people understand the difference, right? Okay, good, good. But I am going to want some response, just so you know. I am one of those. I don't feed off of the necessary, the amen, I don't feed that off. But today's service specifically, we're going to need some participation. Are you with me? Okay, very good. Man, I love third service. Okay, um, we're going to talk about Christmas traditions first. I'm going to give you some ideas to think about, and then I'm going to ask you a little bit about some Christmas traditions that you may do with your family. So let's start with Christmas present shopping. So for those of you, how many shop get all of it done before Thanksgiving? Before Thanksgiving, a couple of you, yep. After Thanksgiving, raise your hand. Okay. Huh, interesting. There are people that don't give gifts, because that wasn't everyone. (laughs) You don't give gifts. Jesus is the reason for the season, right? All right. Uh, Okay, how about when you open the gifts? So uh, Christmas Eve, how many open their gifts Christmas Eve? Okay, how many open one gift Christmas Eve? Okay, a lot of you. And then Christmas Day, the majority? Okay, yeah, this was pretty much the majority of all services. Everyone pretty much does Christmas Day. Okay, okay. So a couple of our traditions is um, we do pajamas. So my wife will buy these pajamas right here, and then we take a family photo. There's another one here. Show that, Ryan. All right, so here we have uh, Grogu right here. This, I don't know what the connection is with Grogu and Christmas, but we're wearing those pajamas. Um, so we, that's one of our traditions. So let me just ask you, um, what are... Uh, just and yell it out. Just I mean, if you think about it, what's a, a Christmas tradition that you recognize? Anybody? Stockings. Okay. So we gifts. Yeah, that's a Christmas tradition. Stocking. We do stockings. Anybody else? Visiting Santa. Visiting Santa. Yes. Get your pictures taken with Santa in the mall. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a little weird when you watch like funniest home videos and all that when the Santa comes into the house and all the kids freak out like, who is this? You know? Yeah. 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 Young. Luke chapter one and two. Yes, absolutely. Reading Christmas Eve, Christmas story. Yep, awesome. Very good. So one of our traditions is we watch uh, Christmas movies as well. And so uh, how many like to watch Elf? Okay, yep, big Elf fan. Home Alone we watched last night. Uh, Christmas Story, Christmas Carol, uh, White Christmas, you name it. Um, Some little controversial ones, maybe Christmas Vacation. Uh, Steve Sherman, Die Hard, I knew it. Every year he'll post on Facebook or something, my favorite Christmas movie or something, Die Hard, you know. Um, Everyone's like, no, oh. (laughs) Uh, It's a Wonderful Life, yes, we watched that one as well. Uh, Okay, Christmas trees. Ooh, now we're gonna get in to find out who are the purest and who are not. Have to have a live Christmas tree. Okay, yes. Uh, who is die hard like I cut my Christmas tree down from the field, carry it in on my shoulders and, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. Artificial trees, 
Okay, all right. Well, there, there's a progression for my family with Christmas trees, okay? Christmas trees, uh, when I was younger, we always had live ones. Um, one, because artificial trees weren't as available and as common, and they were very expensive if you did find them. Uh, and so what we did, um, we didn't have a lot of money, but we would get a Christmas tree. And so a couple of days before Christmas, usually they have the, the discount ones, right? <laughs> The, 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 the thin ones, the short ones, the ones that kind of like have some needles, but they've not quite fallen off yet, you know, that, that was what our trees were. Not all of them, but uh, some of them. And so growing up, we would uh, make our own ornaments. We would do, uh, how many would uh, make popcorn garland? Yeah, so we did that. Um, I ate most of the popcorn and never quite made it on the string. Uh, so, but now that's progressed. So when I got married, uh, my wife and I, um, we... We didn't ever spend time at our house. We always went for Christmas to our family's house. And so there was really no need for us to do a big Christmas tree, nor did we have the time. So I bought a two and a half, three foot Christmas tree that literally had lights on it. Most of the decorations stayed on it. And then Anna bought a few handful of things that would stick on it. And we just stuck it in the window and that was it. And then we left for Christmas. Well, how many know it changes when you're a father now we've got to have the lights and the twinkle and the tinsel and the garland and all this other stuff. And so then when Issa was born, we bought a seven-foot tree. It had, um, we had to string the lights. We had to string the, the garland. We had to do all that, put the star on top and the whole thing. Then we got a bigger house and that seven-foot tree looked really, really small in our living room. So then we were like, well, let's get a bigger one. It was on sale. I got a pre-lit tree. It's nine foot tall. I literally fold it up and stick it on a shelf and then I'm done. How many are like that? Come on. Yes, there's more for me than against me. I love this. That is what we have done over the years. We have come to this place where uh, it is, yes, we celebrate Christmas and we like the decorations and we try to leave it up. We, we put it up early and we leave it up late because it honestly just makes it feel alive. I love the, the, the greenery and stuff in our living room and all that. But um, how many know that our traditions, they change? They morph over the years. What we used to do, I mean, we tried the ice skating thing one year with, I'm like, oh, we're going to do the ice skating thing. It, my daughter hated it. So I'm like, well, okay, well, we won't do that. But our traditions change. But listen to this. One tradition that hasn't changed is that Christians all around the world celebrate this weekend coming up, and that's the birth of our Savior, Amen. Jesus. Yeah. Many years ago, Rich and I, um, we went to the Iowa City Ped Mall, and we were doing this man on the street type video where uh, I was, uh, he was interviewing a bunch of people and I was the cameraman. I was capturing everything, making sure that we had enough footage and all that, but we were doing this for the series. If you know Pastor Rich at all, you know he's uncomfortable with this. This is not his, this is not what his, this is not the place that he likes to be put in. He doesn't like to come up with strangers and say, hey, can I ask you a couple questions? That's not him. But we forced him into that. Sorry, I was loud. I got excited. <clears throat> But here's what was made this really awkward and strange. We were in the middle of the ped mall and we were just kind of like, Rich was kind of going up. We had a long uh, uh, wired microphone and he was going up to the people and he was like, hey, can I ask you a few questions? Literally most people, headphones on or act, hood up, acted like they couldn't hear you and just walking away. Just like, no, 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 not me. I'm not answering. People would cross the street a few, uh, like a block down just to make sure they, they couldn't like, avoid us and everything. So it was very uncomfortable. I didn't really have any uncomfortable because I was just capturing 
But we had a few questions that we would ask these people. And so for those few that would participate, they would, uh, they would stop. And they were from all kinds of different backgrounds. We had atheist, we had agnostic, we had uh, Protestant, we had Catholic, we had um, universalist, Unitarians. I mean, you name it, we had the gamut all the way across. One of the questions we asked was, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Most of the people said, we believe that he was a real person, but that he was a good religious teacher and he was not the savior of the world. And so you may be here and you may be watching online and you may be thinking, I don't know that I believe that he is the savior of the world. In fact, you maybe have some doubts and you probably have a lot of questions. And can I tell you, um, we're not afraid of your questions. We are not afraid of your doubts. In fact, we encourage those questions. Bring them because that's how we grow and that's how we gain knowledge about who Jesus is. So you're welcome here with all those questions. You know, in just a couple of weeks, what's gonna happen? We're gonna turn the calendar and we're gonna go into year 2022. Can you believe that? Can it be that the timeline of all human history is based on the teachings of a decent religious leader. Let me, let me show you something real quick. I know you can't see the detail here because it's, it's really small, but BC is before Christ, AD, so some said after death and all that, this stands for Anno Domini, which is the, in the year of our Lord. I grew up thinking it was after death as well. But this is can, can we really wrap our head around a good religious teacher and our whole human history based on that? There's something very special and very unique about this birth specifically and about this baby in particular. You know, over the last couple of weeks, Pastor, week, uh, Pastor, week, <laughs> Pastor Rich has been in a series looking back on Christmas. Week one, we looked at the virgin birth through the eyes of Mary. Last week, we went and from the perspective of the shepherds. Today, I want to talk about the significance of Christmas, and that is this. God came to earth. And I want you to wrap your head around that. God came to earth, okay? I'm going to kind of unpack that a little bit here as we get in. You see, this is a massive event in history. This is huge. And the truth is, as we've experienced in our recent history, have experienced some really big events in our lifetime. Okay, so how many of this, um, how many uh, of you like war history? Maybe a World War II buff, that you've watched them, you've read the books, you kind of know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been several people raised their hand over the last few services. Um, I love... I, I love period films, okay? So, and especially World War II movies, I really enjoy those. I watch all the documentaries, I do all that. Do you remember what happened 80 years ago on December 7th? Pearl Harbor, that's right. Enemy forces invaded Pearl Harbor 80 years ago, December 7th. And on June of 1944, Allied forces invaded Normandy. In fact, my grandfather was, uh, when they were, the invasion of Normandy was happening, he was on a ship heading to Japan. It's a pretty, pretty uh, fascinating story for my grandpa, but Normandy was a big day. It was a big day, but a bigger day was when Jesus invaded earth. 
Some of you here may remember, and in 1969, Apollo 11 mission, right? It was the first time that humans walked on the what? On the moon. That's right. That was a big day. It was significant. But a bigger day was when Jesus walked this earth. You know, see, we are Trinitarians, and all that means is that we believe that there's one God, but three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ, who has always been, came to earth. Let me read this scripture here. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Jesus Christ is God, and he chose to come to Bethlehem as a baby. You know, we have several event planners that attend our church, um, and I guarantee you, (laughs) if they were planning the birth of Jesus, he would not be put in a barn. He wouldn't have been put, you know, set in Bethlehem. They wouldn't have done it. In fact, I've planned some big events here at the church and around different places. There was no way I would have done that as well. Bethlehem? The city of industry was Jerusalem, and that was just north of it. That's where you would see uh, all the moving and shaking, those things going on. That was where the prominence of, the, of, of things were, that was happening at that time was in Jerusalem. But Bethlehem, that's where he chose it. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why did Jesus come as a baby? I mean, you remember the beginning, right? In Genesis, when man was first created, it was Adam as a man, not a baby. He didn't come as a baby, he came as a man. Why did Jesus come as a baby? There have been, there's always been a lot of um, different thoughts um, about who God is throughout history. You could just, you know, you ask, hey, you know, what do you believe about God? There's just as many people as you ask, as many answers as you're gonna get. And some think that he's just up there ready to pounce and ready to knock you down. Others may think that uh, these are all about rules that you have to live by, and I'm not, I don't want any of that. Others would say he's just a big judge wanting to throw down the hammer. He's wanting to give you shame, and if you don't act right, you're gonna, that's, that's not the God that I read out. When I read the Gospels, I see a God that wants to help us, not hurt us. A God that wants to see us whole, not broken. A God that wants to restore us, not restrain us. Jesus came to earth fully God and fully man. There is a term, a theological term that, for that, and that's the hypostatic union. It, it's the combination of the divine and human nature. The hypostatic union. He came as a baby so that he could experience all the pain, all the suffering, all the rejection, all of the joy, all of the challenges, all the emotions that we would ever feel. He's faced. He already felt them. Let me read this scripture. He gave up his divine privileges. Listen to that. God coming to earth had to give up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. You know, we can't say, God, you don't understand anymore. We can't say, God, how could you know what I'm going through? How could you, how could you, you know, feel what I'm feeling? The fact is, is that he has felt everything you would ever experienced in your life. He can relate to it all. So as a father... As a husband, I get in trouble a lot. Any guys with me? I get in trouble a lot. 
babe, do you agree? Okay, my wife's here, by the way. I'm not just calling some random lady babe, just so you know. (laughs) Hey, babe. I get in trouble quite often. Um, And for those of you who don't know, my wife's a pediatrician, so um, she kind of knows what she's talking about when it comes to our daughter. And when she was born, um, well, I'm a goofy, charismatic, energetic guy, and I typically, when I'm awake, none of that changes. When I'm awake, I'm the same person as I am right now. But when you have a newborn child, there are, there are schedules that you have to keep. And they're up and they feed every three hours and the whole thing. And for whatever reason, it didn't connect with me. And so many times my wife was like, what are you doing? Calm down. She, I got to get her back to sleep. So the, the routine was this. Anna would get up to feed her. I would change her and then I would rock her back to sleep. And so we partnered with that. Well, um, as Issa grew up, uh, you know, I think one time Anna was putting uh, Issa into the crib, trying to put her down. She wasn't wanting to go to sleep and all that. And so I said, well, maybe I should give it a try. I walked around the corner and Anna goes, don't you dare take her out of that crib. <laughs> right tone? Maybe a little too strong? I don't know. I don't know. You, know. you were much nicer, babe. I'm sorry. You were much nicer. <laughs> Um, so I'm like, okay, all right, all right, all right. Walked away, and then, and then Anna walked away, and then I got to thinking. She said I couldn't take her out, but she didn't say I couldn't go in. So here's that picture. She must have come in at some time. I had fallen asleep. Issa was still playing. The whole point, I mean, the whole point of me going in there, it just, it, as you can see, it didn't work. I'm so glad we captured this moment because this is a great picture of Jesus stepping into our world, meeting us where we're at. Because truthfully, we're like babies. We're like babies. We say stuff we shouldn't say. We do stuff we shouldn't do. I love the picture of Jesus coming into our world. It's not just a picture, it's reality. He came into our world, which really was the world that he created for us so that he can relate to us. Here's the significance of Christmas. God came to earth. We said that. The reason he came was for our benefit. The reason was he, that he came was for our benefit. This time is year, of year is very, very tough. And, and the reason is, is because we're coming into a season of celebration and joy and happiness and giving and this past week, we, uh, we laid to rest our good friend Ethel. Thursday, I laid to rest my grandma. She passed away. Friday, another person in the second service laid to rest their father. And I know that there are people here, people watching that have experienced loss over the last couple of years. It has been tragic. It has been heavy. But there is no emotion, no loss no grieving that he has not experienced and he understands it all. Do you feel that hope? Do you feel that hope that that God gives us? He sent his only son so that he could relate to us. Jesus came to show us love. Jesus came to show us forgiveness. He came to show us friendship. And I know sometimes you're like, how can Jesus, how can I be a friend of Jesus? How can he be my friend? Let me read the scripture. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, 
while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. His, the life of his son gives us the authority and the ability to be friend of God. Jesus came to show us what life should be like. And I think there are so many people, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. If you're walking through this life just existing, you get up, you go to work or you go to school, you come home, you eat, you go to bed, you get up, you go to work or school, you eat, you come home, you go to bed. That same cycle over and over without purpose, without meaning, Jesus came to give you, he came to show us the fullness of his, the breadth and life of who he is. He came to show us what life would be like. And this is the scripture, it says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If you're not living a full life, I believe that there's something missing. That doesn't mean we don't go through pain. That doesn't mean we don't go through loss. But if your life if isn't full, a full life in Jesus, then there is something missing. And finally, Jesus came, and most importantly, to take away our sin. It says, as, uh, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him. Can you catch this? God came to earth, grew up as a baby, sinless, and he died for you and me to be forgiven of all of our mess and our sin. You know, I've experienced a lot of significant days in my life. I remember the day I was baptized like it was yesterday. I, my wedding day changed my life. My brother's death was significant. It impacted me. The birth of our daughter was, was just huge. It was, it was a significant day. But all of those, the most significant day for me was in the summer of 1991. I was attending a Friday night prayer event at River of Life Church in Phoenix, Arizona. The only reason I was there was because in order for me to play volleyball with some of the girls that I liked, <laughs> I had to go to this youth event, this prayer event. It's always about a girl, right? It's always about that guy. So I loved volleyball. I played volleyball all throughout high school. And, and uh, so I wanted to go. I wanted to go play with everyone and, and be a, part, you know, a participant in that. So I, I need to go to this prayer event. But what happened, <laughs> what happened was God grabbed me. I had been to many prayer nights. I'd been to many youth group nights. I'd been to many church Sunday school events. I'd been to all of them. I grew up in the church. But that night, after being baptized and going through all of the things that, you know, life had for me at 17, I was a sophomore, 16, I felt God grab, my, grab me and say, you need to make a decision right now, this night. And I begin to pray. I'm like, God, I'm being pulled. It's like, either I'm going to live for myself selfishly and just kind of go off into whatever I was thinking I wanted to do, or I was going to serve God and allow him to un, uh, lay out the plan for my life. And can I tell you, that was the night that I said, God, I surrender everything to you 
and I want to see your will done in my life. So whatever you have for me, whatever you have, whatever that plan is, I want to walk in that. And that's when I got called to full-time ministry. That dimly lit little coal that was burning in my heart became an inferno of life-giving light to those around me. Of course, I still make mistakes. Of course, I still mess up and do all that stuff. But the fact is, is that when God has called you, and I didn't know exactly when, he may not call you to ministry, but he has called you to something. If you're in the marketplace, if you're a lawyer, a doctor, a school teacher, whatever that may be, whatever he's placed you in, I guarantee you that he has called you for a purpose and a reason. And that was the night I felt an overwhelming, I was bawling my eyes out. I felt that overwhelming thankfulness and gratitude of being forgiven for everything that I had ever done. Being forgiven from our sin and from our lifestyle and from all the things that we have said, all of the things that we wish that we could take back, that is so freeing and liberating when you walk in the fullness of what God has for you. This could be the moment for you Today could be the service. If you're watching online, this could be the moment. And I've been praying. We've been praying. We don't come into this service like, okay, willy-nilly, let's just hope this all works and comes together and, you know, the band just got... That's not how it works. We have been praying. We've been rehearsing. We have been working on this and believing that God has something powerful for you. More importantly, that the Holy Spirit will transform you from the inside out. And so today, I can't do anything for you but the Holy Spirit can. He can transform your heart. He can give you the opportunity for you to say yes to him and no to your selfish and worldly motives. He changes us from the inside out. There are cards right here. And for those watching, you can just text Life Church to 97,000. I'm believing that somebody in today's services committed their life to Jesus for the first time. And I'm believing that people committed their life to really allowing God to call the shots and allow him to be God in their life. That this baby coming to earth, living 33-ish years of life and then dying this insufferable death for you and me cannot be thrown to the side. It is significant. Our, his history is significant. His purpose for being here is significant. It's not about gifts. It's not about presents. It's not about decorations and movies and die hard. But it's about Jesus coming to earth for you and me. We're going to go into a song and I'm going to pray here in just a minute, but I just want you to consider your heart, your soul. Where are you at? We have prayer teams going to be here to pray with you. Whether, whatever the need is, if you have a need in your heart, if you need healing, if you need uh, just someone to partner with you and believe with you, that's what they're there for. But if you felt the Holy Spirit tug on your heart and you want to give your life completely to him, let him know. Let him pray with you. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you. Ah, what a good, just a present, uh, just a precious moment today.
I hope you receive something today. I hope you leave filled up. I hope you leave hope-filled and encouraged today. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are the one that does all the work in us, that you change us from the inside out. And God, you just say, step forward. Take that small step and just ask me to be your Lord and Savior and I'll do the rest. So God, by faith, we do that. For those who are here that need to make that commitment, I pray that they will. Holy Spirit, do your work. And for those that need you, God, in this time and this season, be with them, bring joy to their hearts. Help them feel your presence like never before. In Jesus' name, amen.